Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Welcome back to another episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. We got, uh, we got Luca stealing the headlines this morning, so it's right on theme with Luca Nation. You know, today is Luca Monday, if you really kind of think about it. Uh, we're growing, we're evolving. We hope to become the best podcast in the world when it comes to sports and sports cards. And Luca Doncic, he's doing bottle flips on the sidelines as Rick Carlisle's talking and comes <laughs> back and, and knocks down the game winners. He's looking like he's going to be the, the future of the NBA. And we're going to talk a little bit about Luca here and, as always, bring you two razor sharp plays that we hope that you can act on uh, and make some money. I'm hey, in man, shock. you. You like to call it Luca Nation. I mean, it's amazing. We, you know, all of our all of our listeners are part of Luca Nation here. I mean, talk about it. Talk about a day to be part of Luca Nation. Just a great game. I mean, just a back and forth battle. The Clippers up by twenty one at one point. Dallas going up by double digits. Tie game overtime. It's funny because at one point, when, right before it went to overtime, my son said, "Hey, can we go play wiffle ball outside?" And I'm like, "All right, well." It's overtime. It's only five minutes long, and you know, like forty minutes later, we finally get outside to play to play wiffle ball. It's uh, it's pretty crazy, but just I so, mean, amazing. So you watch shot. the whole game. You watch, watch the whole game. game watch the and whole then game. You go outside for overtime. I go out. No, no, I watched overtime. We went outside after overtime. My son got to watch Luca in that ridiculous performance. He was like, "Whoa!" You know, yelling at the screen. I'm sure, like every living room that was watching it. You just know what stuck out for me. So, so we'll talk a little bit about Luca here in a second, but I didn't really appreciate Paul George's quote. He said, after, uh, you know, if I'm shooting better, this is, the series looks way different. And on the surface, that's a quote that, you know, that, you know, it seems like he's taking accountability and ownership. But to me, what stuck out is he's not really focused on the defensive side of the ball. So what a coach would say to you is if you're not shooting well, make up for it on defense, right? Basketball is that unique sport where you get to play on both sides of the ball. Uh, Forget about your shooting. You have plenty of scorers on that team. Play defense. Lock up Luka. Take that. Take Luka for every time he gets the ball, PG. Aren't you supposed to be the ball stopper? Meet him. And it's clear to me that his offense is actually affecting his defense. Yeah. What do they you want to be playoff Paul? What are they calling him now? They call him something else. Playoff PG thirteen <laughs> percent. There's gonna be so much if they don't get out of this this round. There's gonna be so many great memes and whatnot about Paul George. It's gonna be so funny. But hey, look, this is this is basketball, right? This is why they play the games. It's what they say, right? This is, I mean, it's just this now series. it's down. It's a great series. Three games, right? Three game series. Well, this series is so interesting because. From a sports card perspective, right, where sports cards show here, it affects the value of LeBron's cards. It affects the value of Kawhi's cards. It affects the value of Lucas' cards, right? Because Which is like three of the biggest names. Three of the biggest cards because everyone knows that LeBron doesn't want to match up with Kawhi. If Kawhi comes out of the series, that's a bad matchup for LeBron and I think his cards. If Luka comes out of the series, it's horrible for Kawhi cards. It's great for Luka cards, but it's also great for LeBron cards because I think that's a really favorable matchup for the Lakers. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, and if you want to look one step further, I think it's uh, getting rid of Kawhi. It's favorable for uh, for Giannis even a step further. Wow. I agree. I agree. But, Cage, you know, this is – I like to be the host. I like when you're doing most of the talking. But this Monday morning, I'm doing a lot of the talking. Yeah, go for what's it. What's, what's on top of mind for you? I want Nothing. to talk a little Listen. bit about the final. 
you know, so, so, so you could talk soccer, you could talk all this stuff. So part of it is, you know, my beloved Yankees didn't get to play at all this weekend. So I'm not hyped up about, you know, three straight Yankee wins over the Mets. Uh, because the Mets, the Mets had COVID. Although I, I read a report this morning that said that they had no more, uh, no more tests, no more, uh, you know, no more positive tests. So they're going to be back at it. I think tomorrow they come back. The Mets. It's going to be crazy because when those kind of postponements happen, I think the uh, the Mets and Yankees are going to play again next weekend. And I think they're going to have like two double headers in a weekend. So it's just insane for pitchers. Um, and we'll get back to this with my play, believe it or not. But. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, what goes on with this, the seven-inning doubleheaders and, and, you know, how they have to have their pitchers ready to go and just really tax the pitching staff. It's an interesting thing. So I don't have that much to talk about there. Plus, you know, I mean, I know you wanted to talk about soccer, so I figured I'd let you get into that. But, yeah, we have so much to talk about. We talk about basketball. We talk about, you know, Mbappe. We talk about, you know, just an overarching theme for today's episode. It's what happens to cards after the performance, right? So what happened to the Luca prices after they after his huge performance yesterday? And will that hold, you know, if he loses two more games right now? Like, let's say the Clippers come out and win the next two games. What happens to Luca's cards? You know, do they do they dip? Has he now cemented himself as, you know, a clear-cut, you know, face of the game, you name it, and his cards don't dip? Um, take that forward to Mbappe, you know, after what, what happened with him yesterday. And then I'll take it even one step further to the no defense playing Michael Porter Jr. I'd love to hear what you say about his card prices. So go ahead. You're up. Michael Porter Jr., they're going to take a dip. The, the Nuggets don't look good. Nuggets had a winnable game yesterday. I love, I love the changes that uh, Coach Malone made to bring Michael Porter Jr. off the bench. Because, frankly, right now, given the system that they're playing, it's a lot of two-man ball with Jokic and Murray. And Michael Porter Jr. is just say, standing on the three-point line, just waiting to get the ball. And Murray, He's frankly, also getting abused on defense. He really is getting abused on defense. I'm okay with that. He's a rookie. He came in halfway through the season. Defensive schemes and things like that. And and first, Utah's clicking. I, I didn't yep. expect them to click like that. Uh, so, you know, apparently when someone has a baby, like Michael Connolly, they, they step up their shooting because that dude could not hit water if he fell off a boat <laughs> six, six months ago. And now he's making everything. It's unique. And, and Spider, you know, he's he kicked it into another gear. Uh, so Michael. By the Porter, way, just for Luca Nation, before you get off of Mike Porter Jr., his cards, which were you know a week ago, selling for the base prisms, you know, ungraded, were selling for fifty, sixty dollars, sometimes even more. This is now, while he was never my pick, and Cole is a bonus pick if you like, I'm going to start buying his cards now because I think the team is going to get eliminated. Yeah, I said it from the beginning. I said the Jazz were going to win. You disagree with me, but I said the Jazz were going to take it. Um, and I think people are looking at Mike Porter Jr. as wow, he had that that bowl bowl flash. And uh, it's not there. And I saw some cards sell this morning in the high 20s. So we're talking about, you know, um, the raw ones, about half where they were a week and a half ago when he had that, that big week. To me, that's too much of a correction. It's an overreaction. So I'm, I'm going to start jumping into some Michael Porter Jr. Um, and stash them away for next season because I think he'll work on the defensive side. Like you said, he'll scheme the defensive side. And uh, I think, you know, when he comes out in week one and, and has a 40-point game, people are going to, you know, bring those cards right back up to where they were a week ago. So just a little side side. I think that's spot on. And I, I kind of felt like I did a disservice to our, our nation. I'll, I'll take some ownership here. When I gave them that play on the silver for 750, 800 bucks a few weeks ago, I didn't set a ceiling to sell at, right? That play was yep. a trend following play. Uh, and it's a lesson for me. And I hope it's into our listen. When there's plays like this, let, let the card go. When it popped to 16, 1700 plays like that, when I catch a trend, you know, the goal is to just make a profit in one to two weeks when you're expecting some a player like that to pop. 
so just, you know, letting, letting our, it's, I think it's called a setting a limit price on the sale when you're buying a stock, yep. right? Uh, yep. If it hits this amount, sell. Uh, not from an emotion standpoint. So, so that's that. But I do think Michael Porter Jr. is a great long-term investment. So it's also a great, it's a great thing, right? So you just talked about Michael Porter Jr. And we, we said some other names, right? And, you, you know, somebody like him, you called it at 7, 750, 800, and then it doubled. But you're saying there mm -hmm. is take the money off the table because that guy is not Apple stock. He does not have a proven track record where it's going to continue to go up. And even if he has a, a small blip, it's not going to tank back down. So give me the, the same sort of analysis now on Luca, right? Why wouldn't you sell a Luca now? After he just had the game of his life, you know, and, and um, you know, he's got all this exposure, you name it. Why wouldn't you sell him now? That depends. So there's two ways to play that. Depends on your strategy. For, there's a few things that come to mind, right? First thing is Michael Porter Jr., when we made that play, had no track record previously. Luca has Correct. two years yep. of track record. So when, when we're talking about Apple stock, well, Luca comes off way more as Apple stock in 1995 than Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. still to me is a penny stock with a lot of potential, where Luca has two full seasons of dominating and leading a team. Also, what's really surprising to me about Luca is his leadership ability at 21. He's carrying a team with no other all-star and beating a really, really talented Clippers team. So something like Michael Porter Jr., when I'm taking money off the table, I know that I could rebuy in the off season with Luca. I'm not so yep. confident there's the opportunity to rebuy at that same price because of how, how amazing really, frankly, there's no other word to describe how amazing his performance is because 21 years old, right. doesn't have an all-star on his team and is putting up stat lines of 40 plus points, 15 plus rebounds, 10 plus assists in the playoffs against an extremely talented team and also showing a ton of leadership. So for me, he, he really does come off as like a Larry Bird, Magic Johnson combo. That's a generational player that is a buy and long-term hold. Uh, so I love it. I right now in my collection only have one silver PSA 10 of Luka and only one uh, base PSA 10. Damn, I shouldn't have sold his PSA 10s at $65. Now they're $2,000. Uh, but I will not sell those only because I only have one of each but we put a little uh we put a little post this morning if you haven't seen it yet go take a look and comment on it um of what would you do because right now based on the prices let's call it a luca silver psa 10 is eight thousand mm -hmm. dollars rounding and trey uh psa 10 is two thousand dollars rounding again so would you rather have four or one and um right now i think only one person j one of one of one is the uh is the screen name j one of one of one <laughs> said he would take four trays and I'd like to kind of, you know, most other folks on here, Carter Christian Photography, Mr. Tank Top, um, you know, CGS Sports Cards, most of them are Luca. And for the same reasons that you're talking about, right, that, that um, you know, they're saying that Luca's a generational talent, that, you know, what happens if he beats the Clippers, you name it, the whole deal. And I guess my take on it is this, right? Maybe it's a better question for the offseason because you already know how far Luca would have went. And it's difficult to kind of time the market, um, you know, sell now. And if he loses two to the Clippers, who knows? But... My thought on the four versus one is, and again, I could be wrong here. I think it might be easier for Trey Silver to go from 2,000 to 2,500 than Luca to go from 8,000 to 10,000. 
And that's the way that I do it. I just do the quick math on it, right? So beginning of next season, if they're still the same price and it's 8000 or 2000 one good game for Luca probably takes the 8000 to 8200 But does one or two good games from Trey take that prism silver of his from 2000 to 2500 And then you're at $10,000 for those four. That's kind of the way that I look at it and why I, if, if, if I had multiples, I think I would consider going the, uh, the route that um, Jay one of one of one did with the four trays. Now, I've been wrong before, but I'm just doing this on a mathematical analysis of, of, of I think it's easier for a card to go from two to 2,500 than from eight to 10. I think what I'm seeing is that actually the market is starting to value Luca more than Giannis. And I think that silver Luca is might, given what happens here in the next few weeks, might actually come up and reach the Giannis silver. Like, don't forget, Giannis PSA 10 silvers are what 15 to 20. 000. No, way more than that. Now, yeah, yeah. 20, I mean, 20, 20 and change if you could find one in PSA 10. And it, 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 be, it begs the next part of the question, right? Do pop reports matter? And I put that out there. And one of our, one of our uh, commenters, Spencer's card, says pop reports only matter when it's a low pop. You know, exactly. and keep in mind that even though the Luca, Luca card is going to have a high pop. It's going to seem low when you compare it to the population reports of Ja and Zion from this year, which are you know going to blow the 2018 pops out of water. Um, which is a very good point. Um, it's a, it definitely is a very good point. And clearly, the point you're making is there's significant demand for Luca. Significant demand. So it's okay that there's more supply because there's also more demand. Exactly. So so like let's take a look at Giannis, and I know his is way lower pop. And it's, I love that Giannis Silver from 2013, his rookie. That sold for 43000 on August 12th. Yeah. And I think if you're watching yeah. the playoffs, you're asking yourself the question, is Luka four times worse or is Giannis four times better than Luka? Is Giannis a four times better investment than Luka uh, long term? I think after watching what we saw here in these playoffs, I think the, the resounding answer is no. And I actually think if you're looking at it from that angle – something has to happen. Either the Giannis silver has to come down or the Lucas silver has to come up uh, and shrink that gap. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, uh, there was another comparison made between the, the Luca at 8,000 and LeBron at 15-ish for his top scroll rookie, which is, you know, an iconic card. But quickly we're seeing that Luca silver from 2018 prison become almost as iconic. Is it really worth half? Should it be more? So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. It really is. It really is uh, an interesting thing to look at. And I'm glad all these cards are going up because, you know, mm-hmm. that means people out there who are, who are following us and making some money. So we got Luca, we got Michael Porter Jr. Give me a couple minutes on the, uh, on the Champions League game. Give me a couple minutes on Mbappe. The thing about soccer that's so unique, and, and Cage, if I cut out at any time, just let me know. Yep, I will. It's not a one-man sport. You don't have the option like Luca to take over a game, you know? So it's hard to say if Mbappe played well or poorly because, to me, they made some tactical mistakes. For example, people want to, uh, teams want to play what's called ticky-tock soccer. With, that doesn't work with Bayern. If you saw how they defend, they defend with an entire 10-man front. They're chasing the ball. There's, they're not giving the, the other team any space to breathe. And the only thing you could do to fix that, to give yourself space in the middle of the field, is to play long balls into the corners and have players like Di Maria and Mbappe run on. They didn't play a single long ball over the top for Mbappe and Di Maria and Neymar to run onto. And why is that important? Well, when you, when you spread the team out a little bit, you have more room in the center of the midfield to play this type of soccer that PSG wants to play, right? Who's, who's to blame, right? That's really on the coach, but that makes Mbappe look bad. 
I think the right team won yesterday, frankly. Bayern is a machine. Yeah, they were favored, right? They were favored. So here's a couple of my commentary points, and this is just dumb, dumb, idiot, old man, baseball fan. Where did you watch the game? I know you watched it on delay, but where was it broadcast? Russian TV. <laughs> Russian television, right? So see, I think CBS Sports All Access had it, you name it. So here is this monumental game with one of the rising up-and-coming stars of the game, Yep. You know, you name it, and it's not broadcast really on any kind. I mean, what, how many ESPNs are there now? Twelve? The Ocho, I know. ESPN, the Ocho. <laughs> right, the Ocho, but they usually just play dodgeball, right? But, but I mean, no sports package picked this up. Uh, I mean, for free. I mean, nobody, you know, nobody had this one. Yeah, maybe I'm an idiot, but, you know, I knew this game was coming on, and I'm like, all right, well, let's try to watch it. And, you know, we're flipping around on all, all the channels, and I'm like, all right, I guess this isn't on broadcast television. So that's number one. Um, you know, everybody watched Luca yesterday. Everybody watched the games. Everybody watched the NBA. Everybody watches baseball games. Everybody watches all these things. And, and it drives the cards. It drives the demand for the card, the sport, you name it. I mean, basketball is growing leaps and bounds because it's on. It's, 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 it's everywhere. Um, and the Luca thing is literally everywhere. Also, there's a million plays for Luca. Even the losing team, you got a million great plays for Kawhi. Lou Williams looked like a juggernaut yesterday for Clippers. And you can go on and find a, a montage of their plays, all the action and all the fun stuff. So in addition to it being there and easy for us to find being on television, I don't know about the longevity. I know you're going to hate me for this, but, you know, it, a one nothing final, you know, in the game that was supposed to have some action, a game that was supposed to be two teams that were, you know, you know going to push and, and play and, and whatnot. Uh, I don't know how Americans – who love basketball because of the constant scoring and the three-point plays and all of the action are going to take – and I'm just talking about the common fan, not the guy like you who understands all this fun stuff and maybe even played the sport, right? I'm talking about, you know, my son or, or you know, my neighbor who is hearing about this amazing Mbappe guy, you know, who's going to be the next Ronaldo or the next Messi and, and you know, and, and is thinking, I'm going to watch this game and I, I'm going to become a fan and, and I'm going to invest in soccer cards. And one, they can't find the game anywhere. And two, even if they are able to or they watch highlights, there are no highlights. I and mean, it's a one nothing game. So talk about that. I mean, is that going to have an impact on, on soccer cards and whether or not they you know, get digested to the mainstream of our hobby? I mean, we talked about the Mbappe prices, and they are high. They've come down a little bit. They were coming down a little bit before this game. Um, but, I mean, in order to continue to have that kind of pricing and, and to grow the way a lot of us think soccer is going to grow, is that really the product that's going to be the driving force for, you know, this expansion and explosion everybody's expecting in soccer cards? No, oh, yeah, what I heard there, and, and Tyler actually brought this up. Heading into March, I had no idea the format of Champions League, when the games would be played, that it would be a one-game elimination round. And what I was hearing from you, Cage, and I agree 100%, is UEFA, the operating body of Champions League, sucks at marketing. They don't market, frankly. They don't market their games. They don't market the players. Uh, when Luca scores, his highlights are all over Instagram. When yep. there's none of that on Champions League. Uh, oh, maybe he, part of that is what would what would the highlight be from yesterday? Oh, that that was a really good game, man. I'm sure a, a technician like yourself would watch it. But you know what? The UFC. I'll, I'll harken back to it, right? So I think there, there's a market for the UFC. Maybe we'll do an episode of the UFC, right? You know, the UFC. Um, when it was a grappling match and it's, it's two wrestlers who take each other down and they wrestle around on the mat and it's very technical mm -hmm. exchanges with, you know, switches and they're throwing up, um, 
you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu moves, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're going for stoppages with, with different submission holds and it's, you know, a back and forth battle. There are people in the world who watch that and think it's beautiful. They think yep. that's an amazing, amazing thing that you're watching because, you know, this is two Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts who are, are, are at the top of their game and it's just a back and forth action. But the common person doesn't watch the UFC until it's Conor McGregor strutting in and trying to knock somebody out. And people don't like watching him getting taken down and, and, and you know, wrestled around on, on the canvas. People like Ronda Rousey coming in like Mike Tyson and thinking that if this fight lasts a minute, it's going to shock people, right? That's what, that's what grows the sports. It's those highlights. It's that ESPN top 10, you know, play. It's that, it's that crazy stuff. So you telling me that it was a great game and it was brilliant technically and, and Byron played such a great defensive game, putting up a wall of 10. You know what I'm doing when I hear that? I'm yawning and thinking I'm never going to like soccer. So uh, maybe that's just me. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to upset I, some purists. I don't know what to I don't know how to fix that. It doesn't upset me. I think I, I, I respect it because you're the market. You're the people that we have to win over if we really want soccer to grow. Uh, I'll answer this two ways. It does seem like soccer is growing, given if we look at our group Instagram DM, those people have no, never grew up playing soccer and they love the sport. But at the same yeah. time, there's a lot of like uh, education, right? Like how well Bayern defends, there's a lot of education that a good announcer or a good commentator could talk about. So I don't know if that's interesting. That's clearly not as right. interesting as a the A commentator NBA. that none of us are going to get to see. So my other issue with it, right, for, for soccer is World Cup drives, right? So World Cup, and it's every four years, and everybody gets involved, and everybody's following it, and you're rooting for your country, you name it. And then in the, the four years between, right, and all that time in between those four years, they got 400 different leagues with 5 million different teams, and you got, you know, uh, the, the Bundesliga and the uh, Champions League and the this and the that and the club teams. And, and it's just there's no one league. There's no one like central location for it. Just it's very, very difficult to even understand what's going on with soccer. It's um, like, okay, just like when we put up two podcasts in a day, neither of them cross 100 because they're vulturing attention off each other. Yeah, I guess that's part of it. That's part of it. Um, although our podcast now, they cross 100 in the first hour because we are the best <laughs> um, I said it's all you, Andrew. But listen, I leave the soccer to you. You tell me this is a beautiful game, and I'll believe you. It's a beautiful game. I just, you know, to keep the fire lit. And obviously, there's demand there. I mean, that same auction where um, where the Mike Trout just broke the record, right? There was a there was a uh, there was a 2018 Prism Mbappe card in there. It was number four of ten, PSA ten, a gold Prism rookie. It sold for over a hundred thousand dollars. Can I be honest? I think that's madness. There's nothing that justifies from what I've seen from Mbappe, and I, I like him. He's good, but that would justify that he's that much of a more valuable player than Neymar, Lewandowski, Gnarvi, uh, Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah. These are all really good players. So to me, it's the promise. Much. It's the future. If that's all it is. That, that's, that's doesn't 100% have more it is. promise than those guys. I, I don't know what the market is seeing. I know he's very good, but he definitely doesn't have more promise than. Well, just turned 22. I mean, he's young. People are people are saying he's you know he's he's going to be the next one of those guys, and that's what you look for, right? It's not the LeBron. It's looking for the next LeBron now. It's not the Jordan. It's looking for the next. That's what that's the promise that Luca brings. Same kind of hype, um, and whether or not they live up to it is the, is is the real tell, right? And keep in mind, right? Sports cards have exploded, right? So there was a Fernando Tatis rookie auto out of five for Bowman first Chrome that sold for over two hundred thousand dollars. And you know how much I love that guy, but you know, a quarter of a million dollars for a rookie auto out of five, it's a lot of money. You know, when you compare the Mbappe out of you know out of ten with, you know, 
where it's there's probably only one or two in uh, PSA 10. Um, you know, and it's it's 40% of the price or half the price of a Tatis. You understand. I mean, people are spending legitimate money on cards. Yeah. All right. So we got we got soccer. We got Luca. We got that stuff. We got baseball. I'll throw my 30 seconds in there. Kyle Lewis, guys. I told you week one on this guy. He's got another eight-game hitting streak. Hit another home run yesterday. He's distancing himself from Lewis Robert in the AL Rookie of the Year race. You can still get his stuff cheap, but that's not going to last because only baseball fans like myself and you guys who are listening to this are still paying attention to the Kyle Lewis thing. He His batting average is now over 100 points higher than Robert. Robert's batting 265, and as of this morning, Kyle Lewis is batting 368. The guy is amazing. He's got like 14 multi-hit games. He's got hits in like 23 out of 29 games so far. Um, you know, he's playing a great center field. Um, you know, he's a little smaller, but, you know, a little reminiscent of Ken Griffey Jr., dare I say that. But we got half the season under our belts already, and, and the guy is somebody who went from having no odds to the odds-on favorite now to win the AL Rookie of the Year. So, you know, we talked about – a nice little play on getting on Michael Porter Jr. I'm reminding you of Kyle Lewis in case you weren't listening to our podcast the first week we had it. I love it. My I, you, want me to do my, you want me to do my pick or you want to do it? Because mine's actually baseball, but go ahead. I want you to do your pick and then I'm going to cap it with my guy. I think everyone's going to be really excited for both of our plays today. Cool. So we've given some more expensive picks recently, right? So um, I wanted to get back to my, you know, my standard fare of giving you guys a real low-cost um, you know, potential home run hit for you guys. And I'm a Yankee fan, and this pains me to do it, but my, my, my pick is actually a Met today. Um, and if you're not watching, you don't know who this is, and that's the kind of plays I like to bring you, right? I like giving you Kyle Lewis when literally nobody gave that play. Now, a lot of people are giving that play. So here's mine. It's David Peterson, right? He's a pitcher for the Mets. He's a rookie. He's a stud, strong pitcher, first-round draft pick out of Oregon. Um, you know, set their strikeout records for the game. I think he struck out 17 in the game once while he was pitching there. Um, the card specifically, because he's not going to have a rookie card this year. We've done this. We've done this with Joe Adele. We've done this with a bunch of people already. We're not going to have that top update come out this year, and you have to wait for a top rookie until next year. His David Peterson 2017 tops first Bowman draft chrome, number BDC78. Again, it's 2017 tops Bowman draft chrome, BDC number 78. You literally can go on eBay and buy this card for 99 cents now in multiples, right? Literally 99 cents. You can buy the refractor for $2, all right? Any of those, any of those cards are great. I'd stock up volume because what do you, you be paying a dollar card? Give me a break. So in four, four starts this year that he's made, he's put up a 2.91 ERA over 21.2 innings. His whip is 1.15. He's keeping the ball on the ground, 43% ground ball pitcher. The Mets rotation has been in shambles, and this guy has been a rock. Um, he's currently right now, um, they put him on a 10-day um, IL because of some shoulder fatigue. They did all kinds of tests. The shoulder's fine. Um, and, um, you know, he's one of those guys that um, he's going to come back because, like I talked about before, the Mets and the Yankees are going to have double headers this, this weekend. They're going to need eight pitchers on the lineup. He's ready to come back off the injured list. He'll probably make a start in that game, probably get some national uh, televised uh, appearance. And that's going to need every pitcher that they can. He's been a rock for them this year when everybody else has been injured. He's been, uh, you know, really, he's a young pitcher. Um, pitchers don't get a lot of hobby love, but what I expect, although Dustin May out in the Dodgers is just having a great year also, if you haven't looked his way, take a look at some of his cards. He may win the rookie of the year, May, if he keeps doing what he's doing, but this kid Peterson is going to be in the running for it. He's going to be talked about, and that's really all you need when you have a 99-cent card. You really just need him to be talked about at the end of the year in the award time, 
um, as somebody who, you know, who's who's in the rotation, who's going to stick in the rotation, going to stay up there. And, you know, you've bought, I don't know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, however many of these cards you want at 99 cents. And now they're selling at three, four or five dollars each. That's significant profit. It's significant ROI on a real low uh, cost investment for you. But take a look. Nobody is looking at this guy at all. Again, it is David Peterson, 2017, first Bowman Draft Chrome BDC 78. I went on eBay before uh, going on and recording this, and literally there are tons of them. You find them so cheap, it's in those listings that are complete your Bowman set, and you got to scroll down to the numbers, BDC 78. Low-risk play for you guys. And is this one where you find a seller who has, you know, quantity available 10 so you can save on shipping too? A hundred percent correct. And people do. So uh, someone who had a quantity of 24 of them. So yeah, easy enough. And and Mets have this weird knack for, you know, DeGrom, Thor, the really good grooming pitchers. It's really interesting. They don't win more games. Yeah. Well, they got to keep the pitchers healthy and they got to put some offense around them and keep that offense healthy. Right. So, you know, Listen, the Mets, will, they'll be fine. They're an interesting organization, but you're right. The one thing they know how to do is, is develop these stud pitchers. And this kid, so far from what I've seen, and it's four starts, not a huge uh, sample, but it's a short season. And um, from what I've seen, he's been real, real good. And, and that's enough to, you know, get an eye on somebody before anybody else does. And this is, what again, what we're trying to do for you here. I did a little research on him. You know, he's got the pedigree. He's not somebody who came out of nowhere. This is not a surprise but it's not a place where people are looking right now to invest their money. And like I said, that's what I love. I love those real small $1 plays where you can buy them in bulk. And, uh, you know, he starts getting some attention the way we, we told you to on Kyle Lewis in the beginning of the year. This guy starts getting some attention, starts being talked about in the, uh, the NL Rookie of the Year voting. Um, all of a sudden, you're not able to buy these cards for under a couple of bucks. That's the key. I love it. My play today, guys, is uh, is a blue chip stock that I think is valued at pennies on the dollar relative to what other people, other athletes are valued at when they have his accolades. So if, if I were to ask you, Cage, you know, who are the goats of or the greatest of all time in their respective sports? You know, you'd say Jordan, LeBron, yep. Kobe for basketball. You would say Joe Montana, Tom Brady for football, and then you'd say Jack Nichols, Nicholas and who for golf? Tiger. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, y'all. Jack, Arnold Palmer. You know, that's it. There's a small list. Mount Rushmore's pretty easy for golf. So why my play is a stock, right? And this is something I'm learning as well, right? You don't always have to buy mass, mass quantities of, of players and athletes and investments. Sometimes one or two will do. Um, and I think the Tiger Woods, whether you go with his upper deck 2001 rookie in a BGS graded 9.5 or the PSA 10 version. The PSA 10 version right now is selling around 500 to five to 600 buy it now on eBay. And the BGS 9.5s are actually significantly cheaper. You could find those for about 200, 250 to 300, depending on the subgrades. I think that's a great blue chip stock to buy heading into the later half of 2020. So we got the masters coming up in November. Tiger Woods' accolades speak for themselves. And really, what has happened, in my opinion, these cards have been slight, have been rising slightly. You know, they were 300, 350 a few months ago. But he's been out of the spotlight, out of the attention for really the entire year. You haven't heard much about Tiger Woods. I think that's going to change once the Masters come. Um, 
November is this interesting month where there's going to be a lag. There's not going to be much NBA. I don't think MLB is going to be going on, right? I think the World Series ends in October. And NFL is kind of in this weird, like, mid-season mark. And the Masters always gets tons of attention. And honestly, regardless of how Tiger does, but if he does and he's in the final round, I expect this to become a $2,000 card. And I think buying one, two, or three, whatever it is that your budget can afford, it takes some of your money out of modern. It puts it into a blue chip stock. And, you know, they always say America loves a comeback story. I think Tiger is a comeback story that's been on the up and up and up. And I think he's going to, whether he wins another major or not, really be a brand that sticks around for a long time. I think he's really well liked, actually, despite some of the issues he's had in the past. And frankly, for what he's done for his performance over time and for how much he's respected and loved, his rookie card is so cheap, insanely cheap relative to the other greats that I would be remiss not to ask you guys to buy one or two of them. Yeah, listen, it's diversification. You put it in the portfolio and, and uh, you know, it's not something that's going to go down. Um, it may not double because it already kind of has uh, this year, but so has everything else. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's cementing his legacy is great. And if he happens to, you know, do something good in the Masters, forget about it. You know, that you do have that potential impetus for it to, you know, for it to climb. Because unlike some of the other greats that we can buy, Montana or, um, you know, in football or, you know, Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, Tiger's still playing. I mean, he's still out there doing his thing. So, you know, the performance actually could impact the card and you could have a nice, a nice uh, jump if he, uh, you know, if, if he's in the running for another major. Yeah, his, his card doubled. So, like, Luca doubled his silver from 4,000 to 8,000. 8, but that was performance-based. I think Tiger's doubled just because – other people are seeing, well, LeBron's tops chrome is 15,000. LeBron, uh, Tiger's the best in golf. And people have been buying and buying and buying. So just through just sheer kind of little bit of increased demand, his cards doubled. What's going to happen when actually performance kicks in too, right? Then you yep. have this guy's the greatest of all time and he's performing. Uh, and I know the performance is a big speculation in golf. That's why I'm hedging here. But I think that could take it through the roof. I think that could become a $2,000, $2,500 card if he does perform at the Masters with very low downside, right? Let's say he does horrible at the Masters. Okay, that becomes a $450 card. I like that risk to reward ratio for someone who's already has a brand and a track record. I like it. And just so that everybody's on the same page, if you're going to make this play, there's a 2001 upper deck golf is the title on the PSA slab. It's card number one. There are a lot of cards of his, his subsets, you name it, in the, in the upper deck set. But you're looking for card number one. Yep. And just to put a little more um, a little more color on it, he's wearing his standard, you know, red Nike golf shirt. And he's walking towards a, uh, a cup that he just hit a putt on. And he's kind of pointing down at it. Yep. You know, a pretty signature Tiger pose. Because yep. there's a lot of Tiger Woods cards out there. But the one that, that's the one that Andrew's talking about, 2001 upper deck golf card number one. That's right. Look, can we talk real quick? Because most of the PSAs have been bought, but there's a good amount of BGS. Quite yeah, sure. I, I'm always, if, if it's a, let's say, a, a three subgrades of 9.5 and then an edge grade of a 9, I prefer that. I hate when the corners are a 9 or the centering's a 9. The edges are a 9 or surface is a 9 to me is not as big of a deal. How, how do you, I know you don't love BGS. You just steer away from BGS altogether. Pretty much. 
And that'll change because sometimes the PSA 10s go way out of whack and the BGS ones will come back in. But yeah, look, if I, if I'm looking for a BGS nine and a half, I try to get a quad nine five, obviously. Um, and yeah, if, if it's, um, you know, if it's, if it's going to have a nine in it, I don't want corners and I don't want centering. So that leaves edges and surfaces that are ones I'd be willing to tolerate. If I have to have the card and I can't get in a PSA 10 and I can't get a quad nine five, then yeah, a hundred percent the edges and the surface are, uh, are, are not as big a deal to me as the centering and the corners. Cause there's one here for three thirty right now listed. I haven't bought it, but it's 10 centering nine, five corners, nine, five surface and then nine edges. And that to me, you know, let's see, we'll make this guy an offer for 225. Let's see what he says. Hey, you're not supposed to buy cards. Come on, put, give our audience a chance. Don't, don't put, hit send on that offer. I put, I put my money where my mouth is. Well, you know, maybe our audience comes, ah, um, but to me, you could crack this card. You could, you could crack it and submit to PSA and a nine edges grade could convert to uh, PSA 10 with all these other subgrades. I agree. It very well could. Very well could. He all right, guys. Well, mad at me. He doesn't. He didn't want me to offer offer this guy. He wanted me to leave no, it. Right, listen, if you're giving a play to these guys, give them a chance to get it. They there's so many. But listed here, on here's that. the thing. Yes. So that's I just looked myself, and yes, there's no, there's no shortage of these cards for you guys to play. So that's fine. But I hope the guy rejects your offer, and one of our listeners gets it instead. But what's interesting with that is there's not a PSA <laughs> tens available. So I have a story on this card and it's another one of those like, you know, missed opportunities for me. I mean, you're talking about $300 on the card. The end of last year, there was one seller who had 80, 80 PSA 10s, one seller. He had, a, I think, 30 BGS 10s. Um, and I made him an offer for all 80 of them. And we just could not come to a, a deal on it. And um, I, I don't even want to tell you what they were selling for at the time. But one seller had him, and 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 the day after I made my offers to him, he sold every one of them. One person came in and bought every single one of them. So, you know, let's just say my offers were under a hundred dollars per card. So the card has definitely gone up, but so has everything. And I think that's why there's not a lot of PSA tens. I think there was somebody out there who was hoarding them, which is usually a good sign. My man, there you guys have. It. There you guys have it. Tell them your picture because I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> Which is why I love it. Yeah. That's my favorite thing in the world. If I'm telling you somebody you don't know, you had no idea who Kyle Lewis was either. And look at what happened there. So it is uh, David Peterson, picture for the Mets. You look for his 2017 Bowman Chrome draft card. And I mean, you know, you guys can get crazy with this one if you want. You want to invest in them. There's a lot of cool autos, PSA 10s, you name it out there. But you know, my deal is to try to bring you guys a, uh, a low-risk play, and it's BDC 78. Don't buy the paper one because you don't have to. The chrome one is cheap enough. You get it for under a dollar. And yours? The num card number one, upper deck, 2001, Tiger Woods. Get it in a PSA 10 for about 500 to 600, or you, there's a ton of BGS that I think are underpriced personally uh, for 200 to 350, depending on the subgrades. Buy, hold. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Ah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. 
And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.